0: It gives your sons a place to point back to and say, that's the day that I became a man.
1: It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode.
0: Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with our producer and co-host, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Doing
1: most excellent.
0: You are back for the equipping and tens. I am. You're not. Feels you're, nice. You missed the uh, interview once.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so good to hear my voice in this. The headphones here.
0: Oh, yay for <laughs> you! Hey, do you have a man word today?
1: I do. I heard this from a friend this last Sunday, and I and I heard it in a way that I hadn't heard before, and I was like, "That is so good," and I had to take a note. And in that it, the word is encourager, and and what was said was an encourager. Uh, fills others with courage. And I've always thought of Encourager as, you know, you're down and you're sad, and I'm going to come and encourage you. Hey, mm-hmm. it's okay. But it's not necessarily that. And I, I think in, in ways maybe where I, I felt like you were an abuser to me, Um <laughs> Sweet joke. I'm a great encourager. You've been an encourager this whole time. You're if, soft. If you put this in the, this definition to fill others with courage, like, man, you can do it. Get up. Get moving. you know. And I'm like, that is so good. We need to be an encourager to people yeah. instead of just being soft and fluffy with them.
0: Well, I, I can't tell you how many guys in my years of working in the church would come up to me and say, let me encourage you, brother, and say something that was weak. Yeah. And it wouldn't help. You know, or they would say, let me encourage you, brother, and they'd say something that was insulting or something. But, you know, to encourage is to fill somebody with courage. Right. And so it may not come across as soft and sweet, right? but effective nonetheless. Yeah. You know, we just, you know, we've uh, had an interview that's going to go live in a couple weeks with Ad Rutchman who is one of the greatest college coaches in American history and and legendary here locally, and... and his encouragement of men was anything mm-hmm. but sweet. Yeah, and you soft. Know, he was. He went after it. You know, and he had a comment that that when he would discipline young men, the discipline was not to them; it was for, for them. them. And that's what encouragement encouragement is for mm-hmm. that man, not mm-hmm. to that man. You're doing that so that man will go do something, mm-hmm. not not feel something necessarily. And so, I think that's a really powerful word. And it's a, again, it's a word. Uh, like the word nice you know mm-hmm. nice comes from the root right. word uh, in the latin that is to you know ignore you know it, to ignore or ignorance and so we 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 get confused with these words and they're just not what you think they are right. i want to i want to be a guy who fills men with courage not uh, whispering them sweet nothings yeah. and so and i and i find for me i respond well to a hard voice i respond well to a call out for me i respond that way and so i tend to just if i see it and if i have permission from that guy i just say it and i don't worry about his feelings too much because of what i'm after is his response right and his reaction so anyway that's really good man so hey i want to dive into something that's on my heart and we haven't talked about this for a while and i think it's important you know we've had 500 episodes and so you tend to repeat different things and themes i think we've been very diligent out of those 500 shows we have done very little uh, what I would call half ass episodes well, we, you know not they're not half slow they're not they're not slow and they're not fast they're half fast. What did you think I said <laughs> anyway um, but i mean we've we've put an effort into this stuff I know I've seen guys do podcasts like I'm in my car driving or I'm in an airport you know we try to sit down in the studio and actually record quality stuff and so you know Monday I took my son out colton he's a Great young man. He's 23 years old. He's been a four-year football starter for Linfield University. He works a full-time job, goes to school. He's a Young Life volunteer. He's just a, a, a phenomenal human. He's just recently expressed an interest to shoot a deer. Up until then, he's, he likes things with wings. He likes mm-hmm. shooting chuckers and ducks and geese. But, but deer has never been a thing. And plus, he plays football, so it's tough. So we went out, and we had a goal to kill him a buck. And Monday, he shot his first buck. And it was quite eventful. He missed the first shot. And the recoil, of the recoil of the first shot caused the the magazine or the plate at the bottom of the gun to open up. And all of his bullets spilled out. Oh my so gosh. his second shot went click. And we had to load. <laughs> all the deer staring at us. We had to load the, the gun again. And he shot. Then he finally hit it, knocked it down. We thought it was dead, but he hit it. High in the back and towards the back of the body, and the deer got up again. And he, he made a beautiful neck shot at 150 yards to put it down <laughs> for goodness. So, so it did get a little eventful. But you know, I told you know, we hugged, we prayed, we celebrated, and I gotta give him the you're the first human to ever touch the antlers of this deer. And you know, that was really deep and profound for him. He'd never thought of that before. Yeah. But it was a rite of passage. And killing a first buck with each of my sons, it's a, it's a rite of passage in our family. And then teaching them how to gut a deer and teach them how to skin a deer. You know, these are things that are a rite of pa- In our family, they're a rite of passage. Uh, for another family, it may be, you know, te- you, know, getting your, you know, taking your kid on his first golf, you know, golf course. Or it could be teaching your son how to, or daughter how to play the guitar. I don't know what it is for you guys. For us, it's, it revolves around hunting. And so, I, but that got me thinking, Dale. You know, when a a young lady has her first menstrual cycle, she has a physical, biological rite of passage into womanhood. A little girl knows exactly when she becomes a woman. She knows the day. Her body tells her the day. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells a young man when he is a man. You know, is is it drinking my first beer? Is it shooting my first buck? Is it getting my driver's license? Is it the ability to vote or fight for my country? You know, we have nothing in our society that tells a young boy, today you became a man. And sadly, we live in a world where 40% of uh, children are born out of wedlock You know, and 50% of families get divorced, and 50% of those don't see their dad for an entire year. It gets alarming when you start looking at the numbers. So, we've got these young boys coming into manhood, and nobody's told them that. There's been no rite of passage. You know, with our national team captains, we have commissioned every captain publicly with their team. Uh, Commissioning is a a biblical way of saying, you are now in this position, and we want to honor that publicly. That's what rite of passage is. It's like a commissioning. It says, I'm going to commission you into manhood. And we just don't do that with our sons. And honestly, we should do it with our daughters as well. Even though biologically they know, I think that it's important for parents to walk their children through a rite of passage and say, now it's going to be different for you. And so uh, a great resource, guys, uh, is a book that was written uh, probably 20 years ago now, called Raising a Modern Day Night by Robert Lewis, and he, he does, has a great recipe for doing that. Uh, Mark Batterson wrote another book called Play the Man. He talks about rite of passage in that book. But I want to tell you what we did with our sons, and I think this will be very helpful. So the first thing we did was when all of our boys turned 13, I made sure they were baptized around 13, and then I had a rite of passage into manhood ceremony for them. So what I did, and I think you were at these, right? Yeah. So I selected key men to write them letters about what it means to be a man, and then we, as men, got around my son, we had a meal, and we we had a men-only deal, and these men read their letters to my son, my sons, and each man gave them a gift that went with a the letter. These were selected men, godfathers, pastors, uh, coaches, these types of guys. And then we would pray over my son who's 13, we would pray him into manhood. And the reason why we chose 13, because that's right around the time a woman enters womanhood biologically, right? And so we would tell our sons, hey, from now on, we're going to treat you like a man, we're going to talk to you like a man, we're going to give you manly responsibilities, and we did that. You know, we did certain things to, to treat our sons as men and no longer children, and the responsibilities they carried responsibilities of a man but then when they were 18 and the the ceremony for all three of my sons was the exact same it looked the same for all three now when they turned 18 we had another ceremony that welcomed them into adulthood where we said okay you are 18 now things are going to change again for you because now you're 18 we're going to make some strategic changes with driver's license with insurance with with the phone bills with with a, you know, work expectations, with home expectations. There are certain things that we're going to expect differently from you now that you're 18. Uh, we actually uh, wrote uh, notes at their local high school saying our kids could excuse themselves from all activities. We gave our kids autonomy at 18. We said, here, you've got the responsibility now, sink or swim. So we had a ceremony for our sons as well. Now, my two oldest sons' ceremony was different than my youngest son, so I'm going to walk, them th- walk you through this. For the two oldest boys, I selected five or six men to walk with them a mile. So my boys would walk about a five to six mile trek around town, and each mile they would have a different guy walk with them. And that guy would just share his wisdom and his knowledge about life and, and just walk with my son. and And... Just share their wisdom. And it was very, very powerful. And then we would come back to my home, we'd have a barbecue, and we again would pray over my son and welcome him into adulthood with a gift, of course. And I can't remember what the gifts were. I think I gave one son, a, I think maybe it was a gun. I can't remember what it was. But with Colton, my youngest son, the one that just shot the buck, we did something actually through our church, which was very, very powerful. We had uh, a man in our church who was a farrier. We worked with him to make our son, there were three other boys involved in this ceremony, uh, a, a knife. And the knife that Colton had was made out of a huge elk horn. It's about 20 inches long. It's like a giant, it could be a sword, it's giant. And we engraved our definition of manhood that all of our resources include protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously and finishing strong. That's engraved on the blade of the knife. And then what we did in that ceremony is we had all of the men at a men's retreat share wisdom to the young men who are going through this rite of passage. And then once we did that, we lifted all the men up. We said, we're going to lift you as a, a, a boy and put you down as a man. We're going to put you down as an adult. And we prayed for them, then set them down. And then what I did is I got on the other side of a gauntlet And my son had to get to me to get the knife, and every man welcomed him in to manhood or adulthood, whatever they wanted to say there. Uh, We said manhood, I think, because the other two boys being initiated had not had another initiation. And so once they received the knife, then we had a party around a bonfire, and we had s'mores or something. So it was very, very profound. And then I had the cool opportunity to speak over Colton in front of the men and brag about Colton. So I started the ceremony bragging about Colton. Then the men spoke into Colton's life. Then we prayed for Colton. Then Colton walked the gauntlet where he was welcomed into manhood. Then we gave Colton the knife. And then, of course, any good men's gathering has schmores. So (laughs) that's what we did. It was very, very simple. But what happens is it gives your sons a place to point back to and say, that's the day that I became a man. So, just like the killing of first buck was kind of a rite of passage as a Ramos man, you know, so this 13 uh, year old manhood party and this 18 year old adulthood party were very, very significant. And I cannot encourage our men enough to do that with their sons. Now, you may be saying, hey, my kid's 23 years old. He's too old. And I would, I would really push on that. And I would say, I don't think he is. I think your son is never too old for you to affirm him as a man. Now, if he's 50 and, you know, he's a 50-year-old son, that might be a little bit different. But, mm-hmm. but it's so important that we affirm our children as men. You know, we saw Jesus did this in Matthew 17, you know, with the transfiguration. He said, this is my son who I love, in him I am well pleased, listen to him. You know, this is God initiating or affirming Jesus. I think it's really, really important. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dale, what's next, man? Drive us home. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on
1: over to MenInTheArena.org and pick up your free copy of Jim's newest book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. And also, you can sign up to join one of our many virtual teams by clicking on the Join Our Program button. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and... Yeah, Everyone wins.